0: breaking of the third seal on the scroll of God Almighty, the holy scroll of power at the the throne of power. The scroll that has inscription of the events that define the prophetic timeline of the church, of the whole earth, the world, and we were talking about the third seal and already I described to you the third living creature at the throne of God Almighty in heaven, the throne of power and also I had the privilege of describing to you the interaction that uh, these two prophets have with The creatures are the center of the throne of God Almighty. And so um, we saw very clearly that the third horse of the apocalypse is a black horse, black standing for death, lack, scarcity, depravity, Pain, loathsomeness, and all that. And then we also saw that uh, this particular horseman, when he's being released, the voice speaks from the center of the throne. The voice from among the four living creatures, from the center of the throne. And the voice says, a quart of wheat for a day's wages and three quarts of barley for a day's wages, less nutritional barley. Wheat is more nutritious, barley is less nutritious. And so, we saw that All these horsemen are released by Christ Jesus, the Lamb of God. So it it, it really touches your heart as a church to say, wow, so this is the other side of the Messiah we had not known. Because the church has known the Messiah, Christ Jesus, the Messiah, the loving Savior, the humble and meek deliverer that came through the manger in Bethlehem but now this other side of him the side of authority power and judgment and remember he is at the center of the throne he is right there at the center of the throne and if you follow very well you find that all heavenly activity gravitates around him because the four living creatures that represent God the Father surround Him. Then the 24 other thrones surround Him and worship Him. And then now you have these countless multitude of heavenly hosts. We don't know how many trillions, how many millions. We don't know the numbers. And they worship the Lamb and He that sits on the throne. They worship He... That is the Lord God and the Lamb. And uh, so if you look very carefully at uh, the way it is set up, the Lord sends these horsemen to conquer the four ends of the earth, the first four seals. That is the four out of seven seals. To release the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And we have seen very clearly here that at the breaking of the third seal, he says a quart of wheat, wheat a quart of wheat is just enough wheat for one man to eat for a day's meal. And yet, you know, in the average Hebrew family, you're talking about nine, ten, eleven, even twelve. So that talks about starvation. In fact, that is hyperinflation. Meaning, you work, but you, you're not able to purchase enough. And I say it that the rider of the black horse, he has so many instruments in his hand, at his disposal, he's already going with a scale. And he is he's, he's weighing wheat, he's weighing bread. Because in Kenya, here, sometimes you, people they say so, so, so you see that so that talks about scarcity they said ugali the, the, the flour in that place we went was, the ugali was being measured that's normally a sign of scarcity that's what the scale is talking about the scale is also the scale of justice Because you see, he divides into two. There's one group that the wrath really descends very heavy on, and there's another group that mild. In fact, he protects them. He said, touch them not. The oil and wine church. Those that are persevered through the oil of the olive tree, right? And so, He has many instruments. One of them is locust. The locusts, you see the plagues of locusts, they build up. So they contribute to these high food prices because they wipe out the bread basket and they create the scarcity that really augurs well for the rider of the black horse. But on his own merit also, he shuts down financial markets and also during the dispensation of closed heaven when heaven is shut and is not raining there is scarcity according to the laws of supply and demand so the food prices will go up and there will be hyperinflation and so we saw that Jesus alluded to this in Matthew 24 verse 7 and if you go to Ezekiel the book of Ezekiel blessed people as we begin to advance this conversation, the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 4, and then verse 16. He then said to me, Son of man, I am about to cut off the food supply in Jerusalem. The people who will eat rationed food in anxiety. And drink rationed water in despair. For food and water will be scarce. They will be appalled at the sight of each other and will waste away because of their sin. So, if really, you understand why he's bringing all this to the earth, but he's also saying the rationing, the scale, the rationing of food. This is a typical case that uh, helps underscore how the scarcity is going to affect even each person because it says that they waste away. So that means the teeth are going to be long, teeth are out, you know, people wasting away. So in any case, if you hear the hyperinflation that is coming and you hear the bloodshed coming, deception and devil worship that is coming, you definitely would make a rational decision that you want out of here. You want to live. You want to go to heaven. You want plan B. What, what, what else is there? What other plan is there? Say, to go to heaven. Then you would prepare appropriately. What then do I need to do to enter heaven? The book of Leviticus chapter 26, verse 26. Leviticus 26, 26, it says, and we saw very clearly that uh, there is so much about the rider of the black horse and the black horse and the third creature that the lord now allows me to bring to this generation to describe for a long time i was not able to describe. even now there are some things i have not described about the third living creature there's some aspects i have not described there's some things even my conversation with him But you can see now, the Lord allows me to speak a little more and to give you a little picture, painting of what transpires at the throne. God is very serious. God is the creator, is the overall power. And so a time comes when all people will recognize that, that the Lord is their creator, so they need to obey, right? And listen. So, Leviticus 26, verse 26, he says, Again, 26, 26. He says, When I cut off your supply of bread, ten women will be able to bake your bread in one oven, and they will dole out the bread by weight. You will eat, but you will not be satisfied so again still talking about the famine starvation depravity and lack and death that is coming from the physical aspect of it because I'm coming to spiritual but the physical lack people wasting away total lack of food if it has not rained or if the locust has eaten away the bread basket eaten the land And there is a bit of locust I'm going to describe ahead of us here. So it really speaks to you and explains to you that probably it's not a wise idea to cross this dispensation into the tribulation. And then that should spur up revival in the land, right? More people should then accept the Lord. And go into the glorious kingdom of God because he's saying the Hebrew woman always bakes bread all throughout. They bake bread at home. She doesn't buy. She bakes for breakfast, she's baked for evening, for lunch, for Shabbat, for every feast. So she's busy with the oven. And then now, is saying that 10 women would use the level, He's is describing the intensity, the severity and uh, the, the magnitude the, the, the depth of the famine how devastating and ravaging it will be that 10 women can now bake bread right away from one oven that tells you there is real lack of wheat there is lack of bread in the land And all this, I'm still speaking in the physical sense before I bring it into the spiritual sense, which is actually the much more painful starvation and famine. So he says, the balance, the scale that he's carrying in his hand is the scale of righteousness. It is the scale, the balance of the word of God that you may not treat the word unjustly, Is coming out to check whether a generation has treated the word unjustly, unfairly, dishonestly. The way you see the current crop of pastors globally are treating the word dishonestly. To treat the word justly means to anchor the word unto its original mission of righteousness. To anchor the word unto To translate it, interpret it, basis original foundation, which is the pursuit for holiness, to impart holiness into a generation that they may draw closer to their holy God. Right? So he's saying that based on the scripture we've read, then the balance is essentially the emblem of scarcity, it is your symbol of that scarcity. That it will be weighed, your bread will be weighed for you. It will be doled out and weighed for you in terms of that quantity. The book of Amos, chapter 8. Amos, chapter 8. He says 11 14. Amos, chapter 8, 11 14. He says the following. It says, the days are coming, declares the sovereign Lord, when I will send a famine through the land, not a famine of food or a thirst for water. Now you see, we are shifting from the physical realm to get the spiritual implication of the release of the rider of the black horse, right? Because now he's saying, the days are coming, declares the sovereign Lord. When I'll send a famine through the land, not a famine of food or a thirst for water, but a famine of hearing the words of the Lord. People will stagger from sea to sea and wander from north to east, searching for the word of the Lord, but they will not find it. That is amazing. At this hour, this broadcast is live globally, it's on the web, it's trending on Twitter right now. So it is accessible, right now it's accessible. But he's saying a time is coming when now you will cry. Oh, I wish somebody could preach to me. Can you tell me, can you give me the word of the Lord? Can you, can you give me a word? And they will not be able to give you any word. You look at one and say, You are a Jew, you can deliver me. And he said, Leave me alone. He's talking about a scarcity that's coming, and he says people will stagger, staggering, from sea to sea, from north to east, from south to west, meaning anyhow, in search for the word of the Lord, and they will not get it. That can only be speak a dispensation of closed heaven, right? When the heaven has closed. Because right now the heaven is open. The heaven is wa- heaven is waiting for the bride of Christ. But is she ready to enter? I've seen the glorious stairs. And I already anchored it on the tremendous vision of the release of the pale horse we are headed to now, which is July 29th, 2009. Seeing the church at the throne worshipping and seeing the glorious stairs and they are climbing up so you have every instrument you need every facilitation you need to enter eternity because you've even recorded the glorious tears in the sky and put it on social media what a facilitated generation and so he's saying that uh, at this hour it is very important to understand that the door is still open heaven is still open that's why you see Isaiah 26 we we read verse 26 go my people enter thou into thy chambers shut thou thy doors about thee close the, the door is going to close like it was during the days of Noah Genesis chapter 7 16 all the animals going in were male and female of every creation and then the Lord himself the Lord shut the door but you see the shutting of the doors in Matthew 25 verse 11 where the Lord Jesus himself shut the door so it says that a dispensation of closed heaven is coming when the word will not be there. The light, remember the light we talked about? We're talking about the light, and we said the light. That the light will end. S- somebody can help us here to fetch this water so that it may not flow towards the pulpit from the AC. I wish you could shut down the AC behind there. So the light he said the light while the light is on while the light is still here Jesus gives that just a few days to the cross the one they had said is not is not God or is not sent of God is not the rabbi is not their teacher That one is the one now, they say, I mean, he warns them about darkness coming, meaning I'm about to leave. I will be with with you just for a little while, and then after a short while, I will leave. John 13, he says that. And then John 14, now you hear him saying, I'm going to the Father. But there's no better generation for which that makes greater sense than you, because now you can see the dispensation of darkness looming from the horizon, right? Are we together when heaven will be closed. And so he's saying here in Amos chapter 8, again we're reading 11 on, verse 12 he says, People stagger from sea to sea and wander from north to east in search of the word of the Lord, but they would not find it. They said, In that day, the lovely young women and strong young men will faint because of thirst. Those who swear by the sin of Samaria, who say, I am surely as your God lives, again, as surely as your God lives done, or as surely as the God of 'er Beersheba lives, they will fall, never to rise. So he promises judgment. He promises judgment. Not just the scarcity, but judgment is looming and there's no way out. If you will wait until I reach some of the trumpets, the judgments now, when judgment now finally comes, the judgment of God now befalls, you will be very shocked. It's as though everything is closed. Totally closed. Because it's unbelievable what God does to the earth. This earth that you so love. It's totally unbelievable what the Lord does to the earth. Hallelujah. And then he says in 2 Kings chapter 19 2 Kings chapter 19 verses 1 to 7 Kings Nineteen One to Seven Can somebody wipe this water from here, please? Second Kings Nineteen One to Seven It says Hezekiah heard this he tore his clothes and put on the sackcloth and went into the temple of the Lord he sent Eliakim the, the palace administrator Shebna the secretary and the leading priests all wearing sackcloth to the prophet Isaiah son of Amos verse 3 they told him this is what Hezekiah says this day is a day of distress and rebuke and disgrace as when children come to the moment of birth and there is no strength to deliver them it may be that the Lord your God will hear all the words of the field commanders whom his master the king of Assyria has sent to ridicule the living God and that he will rebuke him for the words the Lord your God has heard. Therefore pray for the remnant that still survives. And he goes on verse 5. Then King Hezekiah's officials came to Isaiah. And Isaiah said to them Tell your master this is what the Lord says Do not be afraid of what you have heard Hallelujah Those words with which The underlings The underlings Of the king of Assyria Have blasphemed me Listen When he hears Of a certain report I will make him want To return to his own country and they will have him cut down with the sword. So this is a very difficult time of mourning. So the black horse represents the wars in the land. And mourning in the land. And the time of darkness. There is no light Thank you so much, Kisumu, for writing, because people are waiting in Kisumu for you, Gero. A time of darkness and ignorance, because there is no word. There is excessive scarcity and hyper-excessive inflation at that time, depravity and lack. The spiritual scarcity is all over the land, and God Himself deprives them of spiritual food it takes it away from them famine of bread is terrible you all know that right that when people starve from bread it's terrible famine is humiliating but the famine of the word of god is even worse because then there is no hope that's what he's saying here and he's saying that in that process, as this kind of devastation is taking place in the land, there is, however, another crop. That group, that, that population that represents the oil and the wine. And it says, the oil is the flow of the anointing of the Lord. So this is the church that still upholds the Holy Spirit. That is their strength. That is how they are able to manage, to, to, to survive in this terrible time the faithfulness of the Lord the Lord can even make you prosper in the worst of circumstances so you see they are holding on they are steadfast to the Lord holding on to the faith but the Holy Spirit is the one engineering them, helping them strengthening them facilitating them however for these ones here do you remember that this is in the great tribulation So, unless you are part of the 144, and the ministry, the will minister, the Lord has his ways of facilitating them. But it will be too ravaging. Even just the environment will be uh, unbelievable to your faith. The mark of the beast. The persecution. And so, you cannot say, let me wait, because you know, there's the ministry of the 144,000 Jews. Just enter now. Enter now. Enter now. Because it will be terrible anyhow. That remains, right? And so he says the famine of the word would be very devastating and very difficult. People suffer unbelievably. It will be difficult for the Christians because of the persecution and everything that will be done against them. Though some will remain standing. And that's why even these two, they will walk with the Spirit of the Lord in that time. Much more like it was in the Old Testament, right? So now, so therefore, at this time, in a small scale, during this time, before the Great Tribulation comes, or the Tribulation, is talking about the Church that is under the revival of the Holy Ghost. If that be your beginning of birth pains for this particular aspect of the great tribulation then let's talk about the Holy Spirit filled church that is now exonerated from the apostasy from the decay from the the depravity that is favored by God and that we have seen is that not true we have seen that those were in this church ministry When there's a healing service, you don't hear that somebody was healed from another church. You only hear that those who brought cripples here and tuned on the radio, or to your churches are tuned on the radio, when the Lord commanded, let the cripples now get up and walk. They walked. They got up and walked. And so you can see the little example of the favor that the Lord will lay and present to His faithful elect the elect of God but now it's harsher in the great tribulation right and so there also their faith those their faith in Christ and the persecution will be unbelievable on them but their steadfastness some of them are slaughtered and then you know they, I think they are butchered and the, the, you will see when the next there is a seal ahead of us here when all their souls are under the altar and they are crying for vengeance They're not just crying that the kingdom come, but that there be justice, retributive justice, for the people that butchered them, persecuted them. Can we move on now to the fourth seal, blessed people? Finally the fourth seal, right? Amen. Finally the fourth seal. And for you as a church, your position is very clear. I'm going to present to you very clearly that for you, you would want all this to happen all this you see you would want it to happen because of what is about to happen to the earth right because of what you stand for can we go for, to the fourth seal before I come to that now this fourth seal before we start it I want to say that this is the one that now touches on the coronavirus this is what you see breaking news uh... And so now, Revelation chapter 6, I'm reading verses 7 to 8. It says, When the Lamb opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, Come, in other words, come and see what sin has done to these people. Sin has done to the world, I Have to send this, right? Come, I looked and they, do you realize that it is the living creatures Sending them? Is somebody with me? Do you realize it's the living creatures At the throne that execute The authority of judgment? They are now involved In the cascade of judgment And it's very shocking because You quickly realize That these two prophets Actually have a very Close relationship with the four living creatures Their ministry is riveted to the instruction by the four living creatures. Can I put it better for you? You realize that the minister of he who speaks with you is actually directly connected or instructed by the seals of the scroll that the Messiah is breaking. Is there anybody who cannot see that? Hmm? Directly riveted to the seals. Because you see, every time the seal is broken, the creature comes to them, and the horseman comes, they come to the earth, and they make a pronouncement. And then you see the realization of the fulfillment of the prophecy. That should not be lost on you, right? So that tells you the time has changed, right? That right now we are in another the clock, the realm of the clock, the sticking and ticking on within the prophetic timeline of God, that's such that now there is this kind of ministration going on on the earth. And that's why, you see, it really hurts the Lord so much when anybody, any nation tries to ignore these two. The cloud, look at that cloud over the tent. That is the closest the church of Christ has ever gotten God the Father. Look at that. Look at this picture here. On that screen. And so the belovedness with which this generation has been treated deserves a better response. Right? But now this fourth seal is the one that touches on the coronavirus. That's why I want to handle this very, very diligently for you. It says, When the lamp opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, Come. I looked and there before me was a pale horse. Its rider was named Death. And Hades was following close by. Can we even stop there? I already gave the description. Because when I look at the pale horse, the paleness... his paleness is more of greenish yellow and you know when you have an animal skin human skin, animal being with green normally talks about rotting decomposing It talks about decomposing. Like rotting skin. So it's an unbelievable situation. As if inside is with pus. Dead. Gangrene. Green. Greenish. But the description of that ashen green, pale. befits the description of death but to see the rider to now look at the rider that I had an interaction I'm going to describe to you that interaction of the throne of God on that July 29th 2009 but I'm just trying to underscore some very important things about this encounter that is just tremendous encounter such a tremendous meeting to meet this horseman and the horse and the ride of the horse himself what he did uh, he has a turban on the head but the front part is woven there are two strips of woven cloth so one one when it goes up the other one goes down so it's woven set it up down but they interweave on the foreface to hold the turban then they are tied at the back to make a ponytail of the turban A larger one though, a larger ponytail, not thin. But again, inside, the eyes are sunken and rotting. And rotten blood is flowing down his face. And the teeth are out like you would have a corpse for some days, months, decomposing. So it's unbelievable what we're talking about and sometimes when he was riding I don't know why I saw like he was facing backwards and then he would face forward also so there's so much conversation I've not shared though but this is part of it when he's riding sometimes I see as if he's riding sometimes he rides with both legs on one side and then sometimes he mounts a horse just normally sometimes he's facing backwards as he's riding I don't know whether he's speaking with the one that follows him, but you can tell that this is a very gruesome situation, right? Unbelievably so. So again, he says here, blessed people, this is now the one that touches on the Ebola that I prophesied, on Zika virus, on the coronavirus that is threatening to wipe out the human population right now, to bring the whole earth on its knees. That I prophesied about five years ago. Also, this is the one that talks about the boils that are coming, the boils that are unbelievable, that are going to be worse, worse than the corona. This one here is what is happening right now. Again, when the lamp, Revelation chapter 6, verse 7 on, when the lamp opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, Come, in other words, come and see what sin has done to these people why I have sent this. I looked, and there before me was a pale horse. Its rider was named Death, and Hades was following him close behind. So it's such an arrangement as though death will come and cause physical death to you, to to men, and the one following behind brings about spiritual death. It takes the soul it takes the sword so this is a tremendous infrastructure here that God has arranged and he says they were given power did you understand? they were given what? power they were given power over a fourth of the earth to kill by the sword by famine and plague and by the wild beasts of the earth the sword famine plague and the wild beasts so that's amazing let me make this very clear to you blessed people the four horsemen of the apocalypse this is how they operate the Lord intended the following that because of the heedlessness of mankind he would send them to man to the earth to those that refuse to accept the truth of the cross they refuse to accept the gospel of righteousness the gospel of holiness the salvation of the grace that is so holy and so treasured that Jesus brought us right so because they refuse and they believe a lie so he sends them a delusion right but you see He sends this cascade after the first horseman, the white horseman is sent to delude them into believing a lie now. Then now, he sends bloodshed. After that, he sends famine. Tremendous scarcity and lack. Global economic crisis. Financial crisis. Remember how it collapsed. All the global markets collapsed. That was just a little glimpse of what's coming up. The hyperinflation you see in Venezuela, you see in Zimbabwe, you see the Greek economic crisis, put them together, that is nothing. So he sends that, and then now the pale horsemen. Remember that all these horsemen work together in the sense that the effects of the first one add up to the second, add up to the third, add to the fourth. However, now the fourth horseman has sovereignty, he is not limited in jurisdiction that's why you see now he can even use famine and that part of him using famine is what touches on the effects of the third horseman and that's why today you see the global markets have crashed when he brought coronavirus the airlines have to ground their planes, jobs cut what? So, so he uses all instruments. He has some level of sovereignty, power given to him. And remember, he's supposed to bring down one quarter of the earth. So even on that July 29th, again, can I repeat it here? Look at this now. I am asleep on the floor of the airport. We did not have money for the hotel, the airport hotel so we said but the flow is free so I was so tired waiting for the flight 24 hours so fell asleep on the floor of the airport the bag is my pillow waiting for the transatlantic flight to Sao Paulo the next day so I can connect to Caracas for the revival in Venezuela but as I am here then I fall asleep in the middle of the day in the airport, South Africa. Oliver Tambo International Airport, Johannesburg, South Africa. Asleep there and there's so much noise and people are walking around, walking by, walking past by. The Lord takes me to his throne in heaven from there as I fall asleep. And at that place... Then he shows me the lamb breaking the fourth seal. When he breaks the fourth seal, then the fourth living creature comes after conversation with me. And then he goes and he releases this fourth horseman, the rider of the pale horse, the pale horse of the apocalypse. So when he comes, then I lift my left hand and he stops but for him when he stops he stops like this is everybody seeing this him he stops like this as in you are delaying me I need to get going I gotta go so he stops and you see because of the speed he stops like this even the horse And then after that because he's so huge so the horse goes down on his knees and sits on his belt, the way the horse do, right? With him still on the horse. Once he kneels down and sits down on the floor, then I'm able to reach him. That's how I was able to take my left hand and touch his fore face. I touch the Lord. You, You know, all these things happen here are orchestrated by the Lord. Are you aware of that? Yes. Everything is instructed by the Lord here at the throne here. So even my hand to stretch, my left hand to stretch and touch, even I still see, I still feel. To touch his fore face, the rostrum, the longer face th- between the eyes down towards his nose like this of that horse. And to see that the face he actually is patched, has patches. And is greenish, yellow, tremendous to see. And to have a conversation. I'm not sharing words. You that I'm not. I'm not sharing the conversations. Speaking with him and speak with the rider. That's when you see the rider close range and it's just an unbelievable moment. I mean, it's also just shocking that if sin is the cause for all this, then it's amazing what sin has done for God to send this. You understand? To disobedient man. If disobedience is the reason God is sending this But I really sometimes understand Because he gave his one and only begotten son What else is difficult for you now? Deliverance took place already He already delivered humanity So it's just out of utter uh, abuse and blackmail And and, um, contempt That people are not receiving Christ So he's sending to those who are perishing But to see him now close range with the sunken eyes the rotting eyes it was uh, unbelievable. And to have a conversation and then you read in the Bible you find that his name is death. Oh, it reminds me of the first Asian tsunami and that is the day when he okay, what happened is very simple not really that simple though that he came this is the bed I'm sleeping there and I was asleep, but I could see the glory was too much right around here. And it made me see a little bit, so I could see that he was seated there. And on his left was, and on the right also. And they were talking. And they were saying, why hasn't he gone? So they were talking to one another, but you see the way you can talk to one another, as you and your consumer is the listener, right? the same way you do a radio interview, you're talking to one another, but you're targeting the listener. So that's what was happening there. So the three of them were talking and mentioning my name. I so said, why has he delayed? No, he should do, he should go, he should go now. And so, then he that was seated at the center, where the glory, the, all that was tremendous glory, could not look that direction. He took the road of Moses and me and, I jumped like that, physically like this. And then after that, he slayed me again. Then the voice said, Now you can use it now. And that's now in the dream, I struck the Indian Ocean with that rod. You realize of the two, the one that beholds the rod is more ferocious and deadlier, as you can see now on the earth. He's threatening to wipe out the population, right? Yes, he's stung the whole earth with the fear of death. The other that opens heaven. It rains in Lima Peru, rains in Cacamega, rains in Lagos, rains where he's terrible because he has earthquakes. Earthquakes to, to, to Mexico. Terrible. But you see it's more of localized. This one is global. And it's striking the pharaohs. Even the presidents are checking for their virus and what, huh? In the first world. Huh? You, you you noted the difference, right? When he strikes with locusts it's like he's striking the whole earth. When he strikes with the plague, it's like he wants to he's threatening to wipe out the whole human population. I will do it. He's saying I will bring it down, right? It is shocking. You cannot fly, you cannot shop in the supermarkets, you cannot eat together as a family. You people people let, let's move on. Let's move on so you understand what's going on. So, anyhow, the road struck the Indian Ocean. And then immediately I leave the first Asian tsunami. So I was in the ocean. And in the ocean, if you see the write-up that I did then, that I, I was trying to pull out because a lot of people are drowned. So it takes me to the ocean where they're drowning. So I tried to pull out somebody. Then the angel of death who was in Egypt comes and says, he pulls from my hand and says, No, I'm the one doing it. Leave them, let them drown. And he pushed her down. If you look at the narrative of that prophecy and the first Asian tsunami, how it happened. The angel of death. This is he. He's on the horse. Now I can connect. But for the Asian tsunami, remember the interaction. The angel of death was in Egypt. It's the same angel of death when I met the National Council of Bishops of Chile that's now the directors of the National Council, Obispo Horge and the rest, Leodoro and so forth. I met them before the earthquake and I told them, I have seen the angel of death over this land. And then I said, the angel of death that was in Egypt. I think at that time they didn't understand what I was saying. The angel of death. Amazing. So some of these interactions and conversations are within another axis, this other side, between the Lord and His servants. But you see now, He says, after that, at the throne position, then immediately, finishing with Him, then I let Him go. Then I saw Him going all over the earth. All over the earth. All over the earth. And then you see, everything is happening now. So I want to read this and bring this into context for you. Because He says, And hates falling close by behind him. They were given power over a fourth of the earth to kill by the sword, by famine, and by plague, and by the wild beasts of the earth. That that, that is talking about approximately 2 billion people. So, this cascade that has started with coronavirus, you can tell this is going to build up, it's going to get worse because they have to achieve their target and only twice the Lord has allowed him to come back and the horseman and the horse came but I could see that the horse had been around he was was little bit he he has worked has worked and so those are conversations that are really really on another axis between the Lord and his servants they are not really for you That's now this other side. Right? But anyhow, what he's saying here is that he comes to kill. And this time I see the prophecy comes out of the coronavirus. The prophecy comes out of this tremendous disease, distress. And he goes and places it where? In Asia. He places it in Asia. And so, it's amazing. It's amazing. Now listen. The pale horseman brings death. In other words, he's the king of terror. You see, the terror of death has consumed the earth. And hell is with Him, following Him. Every day, dead, dead, dead bodies, dead bodies. Something went wrong, the disobedience of man. What He does, He comes to the earth and brings a state of eternal mourning, misery. Eternal mourning and misery. Through the terror of death, he brings now mourning. He's, it's amazing he can be released from the throne of God. Isn't it very shocking? That is now what makes God God, right? It's very shocking. But I'm just glad that all the damage he does is under the control of the Lord, right? He cannot go beyond the powers provided, right? So he brings the greatest destruction. He brings disease and slaughter because the sword is also involved here. And his devastation is incomparable with the other three. And he uses everything at his disposal. He uses deception, the pestilences, which are the plagues, diseases, economic crises, famine, the sword, the wild beasts. So in other words, if you look very carefully at the way the world is today, you can tell that when He comes, He takes away anything that attempts to make life happy. He takes it away. And remember, That this is not His time for action yet. No. The Lord is simply giving a little glimpse of what is coming. Because I have... What is coming is ahead of us here. That's what we're going to cover tonight. Right? That is not His time. This is just the beginnings of birth pain. The Lord is simply loving you. The Lord is saying, Look what is coming. Are you going to wait for this? Are you not going to repent? Are you not going to receive the Lord? So when you look at the coronavirus, and the devastation it's causing, and the panic, and the fear, the presidents, my wife, whose wife has tested tested, uh, positive, the Canadian prime minister, and and Iranian leaders, and so forth, and all over the world, and high and mighty, low and poor, everybody is under the terror of God, and it's as though the the whole world has no power to to stop it. then you can tell that he has massive power. He has been given massive power and he has captured the four ends of the earth. Just from when we began meeting until now, twelve nations were added to the list of countries he has conquered. But this is not his time. So how worse then will it be in the great tribulation? How worse? That's what the Lord is speaking through the coronavirus. He's saying, please don't be complacent. You, you're so beloved because you have been shown this. So you should just be born again. Stop the Catholicism. Stop the Islam. Stop all these other Hinduism and what have you. Receive Jesus. Be born again. So that you may enter the kingdom of everlasting life. The kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of Yahweh. Right? That's what the Lord is saying here. And so, God gives him the power. And the Lord gives him the instruments of anger and numbness so he can act without mercy, no feelings. He causes public calamities at his command. Look at now what he has done to the earth, the public, you know, there's public tragedy happening globally. So thank God is under the control of God Almighty. But what is the overall message the Lord is saying out of him is the message that the great tribulation is coming. The tribulation is coming. In other words, the rapture is about to happen. Anybody on the earth today can tell that the rapture of the church is about to take place. You may not know the day or the hour, but you can tell that something is about to happen. But even most importantly, the warning he brings to the church, to those who love Christ, and to those who want to receive him, who care about their eternity, is that the tribulation is near. And the reason he's so important is because of the fifth seal. the importance of the rider of the fourth horse of the apocalypse, the pale horse, the Asian pale, deathly, diseasely, sickly. The reason is so important is because of what happens on the fifth seal I just want to cover the fifth seal And then now I come back and put everything into perspective Why you should be celebrating now I'm not saying celebrating over death That people are dying, you cannot I'm simply saying You should be preparing for eternity to exit here To know that life on this earth is not good There's nothing good here In any case there has never been anything good here But you see, the devil deluded the world and man, and they thought this was it. Even the church that made this their home. No. Now we understand that we don't want to stay here, right? We don't want. So I'm going to come to that. Why, for you, this hour, in fact, in terms of the clock, right? Let's look at it in terms of the clock. If the clock demanded that at this time this had to happen, then for you, that still marks something. That's why he says in the book of Luke 21, at one point he said, no, for you, when you see all this happen, don't panic. Just lift up your eyes and know that your deliverance has drawn nearer. You understand? So in terms of the clock, I know it's very painful, but the, the disobedience, the sin in the world causes this. So the importance of the breaking of the fourth seal and the release of the rider of the pale horse whom the Lord has you know in this prophecy and so forth July 29th 2009 and all these things so you take the death you see in Iraq the death you see in Syria the death you see in uh, Libya the death you see in Rwanda the death you see in the Holocaust the death you see in uh, post election violence Kenya in Mexico where Philippines war in South Sudan what? put them together You see, you ain't seen nothing yet. You have not yet seen death. So, how much death does he unleash then in the other dispensation where he walks full throttle? He comes to full duty, to full term, right? Those should be deterrents to you, right? Hallelujah. So, I say the importance he bears is because of what I'm about to read now, which I want to bring into play also. He says, when the lamp opened, verse 9 of Revelation chapter 6, when the lamp opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and the testimony they had maintained. They called out in a loud voice, how long, sovereign Lord, how long, holy and true, until you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge our blood. Then each one of them was given a white robe and they were told to wait a little longer until the full number of their fellow servants and brethren their fellow servants their brothers and sisters were killed just as they had been so that is so terrible to listen to right just the last part before I go to the first part of that seal it says that it is determined that they must be slaughtered they must be beheaded so wait until the others have also been beheaded So they are destined to slaughter. I would want to go into the rapture, right? If I were you. Yeah, I would want to go into the rapture. No, no, no. Because he's talking about a a number. that anybody that enters the great tribulation... Now, this one here, the reason I said the fourth seal is so important, what is happening now, the glimpse you see the Lord showing now, eh, is, is because, look, the next seal, the great tribulation, is on is on. The next seal has the great tribulations on. Tribulation on. Because there are people already beheaded for the gospel. And that's why you don't want to wait. So between these two seals, the rapture has happened. Did you understand? Between the fourth and the fifth seal, the rapture has happened. And so, the next seal, when the next seal breaks, is broken... The, it, it is in the tribulation, it's in the heat. By the way, it's in the heat of the tribulation. It is in the climax of the tribulation. and the, In fact, the great tribulation. So the first three and a half years of tribulation are past. It's within the heart, the heart of the great tribulation, which is the, the, the last three and a half years of the seven years. And remember, the Antichrist cannot be revealed. The person of the Antichrist will not, like we saw last week, until he that holds him back has been taken out of the way. Right? And he that holds him back is the Holy Spirit, right? Are we together? And so that tells you yeah that tells you very clearly that this is very important because in the, at the fourth seal, then the fifth seal now there are people crying out under the altar, and you see, they're not crying that, Lord, let the kingdom come. No. They're crying for justice also. When will you come? When will the kingdom come? But they're crying also for justice, retributive justice. When will you avenge our blood? And that's why I thought the fourth seal is very important for you to understand, the fourth seal. And so, this makes it a very powerful Uh, time, because now I want to use this moment before we move to other seals, I want to use this particular moment to bring your attention to the fact that within the clock of God you should be advantaged as a church. I mean if these things were supposed to take place they were uh, destined to take place at this time, for you before I handle the great tribulation because I I have a whole message here that I'm going to start now on the great tribulation where now I will now take you inside. I will take you inside the tribulation, the great tribulation, the more the reason you want to live, once we go through that. Because sometimes I think people are not informed. They think it will be like this. No, it will not be like this. It will not be like this. It will be a terrible time that nobody can bear. And so before we go to the great tribulation and the tribulation and great tribulation, How about you, the church? At this hour, everything is happening. So much pain, so much anguish. How ought you to behave? The the coronavirus is happening. So much death is already happening. But this is not yet it. It's not yet it. It's just a glimpse of what's coming. The terror that's coming. But for the church within the timeline of God, the prophetic timeline of God, that this was destined to take place. It was prophesied, meaning it within the timeline of God. The fullness of time came that this must happen now on the journey to the zero countdown, to the coming of the Messiah, right? For you, let us look at the book of Luke 21. The book of Luke 21, blessed people. In your masks and gloves, Doesn't life change in a sudden, right? With no notice. Without notice. The book of Luke 21 verse 28. He says, When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads because your redemption has drawn near. Is drawing near in this version, they say. Meaning for you this is the time now to take leadership to look forward to going to heaven in any case this is not your home right I'm just saying how ought you to behave what stance ought you to take as a church I want to take advantage of this before I enter the tribulation and the great tribulation where the real message is tonight today and tomorrow I think by the end of the seventh trumpet (laughs) and the role of these two prophets in there you are going to say that is it I must go to heaven and now. Because otherwise people sometimes would think that it would be a fierce atmosphere, no, it will be good. I, I, I think it's important to have this laid out, right? So you would have, for you, you ought to lift up your head and rejoice for your redemption. Because they say if this was destined to happen, then for me, dying now means going to be with Christ. Yeah. Going in the rapture means going to celebrate Christ, Right? Hallelujah. How about the book of Titus? Book of Titus. How ought you to receive all this as a church? And today I've described some greater depths on the fourth seal, the horseman, and the black horse also. The book of Titus. I get there i read it for you Hallelujah Isn't it a time to prepare Read of what's going on. Okay, the book of Titus chapter two. I'm reading verse eighteen. No. Okay, I overshot that one. I overshot that one. Luke, Luke twelve, verses thirty-five to forty, when he calls for repentance. chapter 12 because what is happening on the earth the earth has never seen before right no 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 we've never been this way before no 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 no, no. and if this is a sign that things have changed aye they have really changed and if it will cost this for them to listen to these two prophets it looks like the Lord has said so be it right than to have a whole generation go to hell so he's really seeking their attention in a manner unbelievable unbelievable because you hear about the coronavirus the dread, the fear, the terror someone was here he greeted who, he went where he was in which aircraft, with which people it's just so much, right so out of control, for the first time man has no control, right Luke chapter 12 I'm reading 35 he says, Be dressed ready for service and keep your lamps burning. And he says, Like servants waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching and waiting when he comes truly I tell you he will dress himself to serve them and will have and and, and recline to serve them and recline at the table and you come and wait on them so in other words this is the hour to be watchful right to be dressed and ready because the signs are obvious if there is any last announcement that's happening on TV it's the news you are watching that the last call the Lord is making a last call to a generation right, to a blessed generation of course but he's saying we should look forward to our blessed hope that should be what stands as a Christian right in all this and there's a reason I'll give you reasons for this right Why would you be looking forward to that? Because we know we all look forward to the reward that God will give the faithful. So for us, we are looking forward to something else. Did you understand? For us, we are looking forward to the coming of the Messiah. So I know it looks terrible. I know there is death. And that's why this someone here today was meant to really redirect the focus of the church because right now the terror of death has tanned, has tanned the earth you understand? and everybody is running for their physical life Hmm? but he's saying that for us our focus should be different in the light of this because I had to reach the fourth seal between the fourth and fifth something is going to happen and that's why people can easily, they, they fear you know if you look at the life of Simeon Simeon in the temple, that old man at the temple that was waiting for the Messiah, the glory of Israel, the Savior of the world, right? You remember the day when he beheld the salvation that God, our God has prepared for the nations? He beheld the child Jesus? Then he said, Lord, now I can go. Because he was a righteous man. So again, sometimes you can be caught up in the fear of dying and forget that that is an indictment to your spiritual condition, Right? Yeah, he says that if you are righteous, you say, no, I'm going to see the Lord. Yes, I'm, You cannot be caught up so much into the terror, the fear of death, and then lose your eternity. And the devil uses that, that same terror, to make sure that you don't prepare. But now he's saying it very clearly here that for us, anyhow, if this was all timed by the prophetic timeline of God, that it has to happen, then for us, huh? Now we lift up our heads and say, we are now looking forward to our redemption and and for us, we look forward much more that even this dispensation comes and baths out what is supposed to bring us, the coming of the Messiah. Why? Because we are looking to, we are looking forward to a reward that will be given to the faithful. Did you understand? Can I run through them again? That's number one. Number two, just okay. Just focus on me. I'll give you this. You to write later. I'll give you scripture also. I'll, I'll, once in a while, i remember some scripture for you. But I'm saying, number one, we look forward to that reward that will be given to who? The faithful ones who have persevered, right? Number two, we also look forward to this event that is coming. When we see this sign, the coronavirus is doing this talking about the time, talking about the redemption near, the Messiah is coming, for us as the church, we look forward to now the coming of the Lord that this is bespeaking. Because we know that that is the time also when our Lord Jesus will be rewarded for what he did, right? We want him to be rewarded, right? If we consider the humiliation, the blackmail, defamation, slander, contempt, abuse, murder, torture. He was raised in poverty. He was, he was born in poverty and then raised in poverty and lived running all the time. They wanted to kill him, being abused. Wouldn't you want the Lord Jesus who suffered so much for you to finally one day be rewarded? Hallelujah. So for us, we look forward to this. We look forward to the coming of the Lord. If this coronavirus is a sign that the Messiah is coming, then we now have to have another stance. Our position has to be different. That for us we look forward to the rapture. When the Lord will be rewarded. Another point that you can also generate for yourself in this is we look forward. okay so there is somebody in the house so so we, we, for us we look forward to uh, there is somebody in the house oh nakagia okay thank you so I mean we are live on air <laughs> we also look forward to this time because we know that this also brings forth the redemption of Israel yeah. So we really would want the redemption. Finally, the final revival of Israel, redemption of Israel, God's covenant people. Wouldn't you want them to be redeemed? So for us, there's so much to look forward to when we see this happening to the earth. Our stance has to be different, right? I know we have to take precaution. Use the masks, use the sanitizers, follow every policy. Regime that has been put in place by government and different jurisdictions you operate from, those who are tuned in by radio. However, for us, our primary, uh, uh, pr- primary I- interest is the coming of the Messiah. Because we can see this world actually now has boiled down to vanity. If the first world can be ravaged like that, right? No, then we just long to live, right? to to a better world a more permanent world where there is peace there is peace So for us, our stance has to be different, right? So let's let's read through them, right? So I said for us is number one, we look forward to our, we lift up our heads for our redemption is near, right? Number two, I said we look forward to our blessed hope, which I tried to go to the book of the Titus, I overshot. And then, for us, this is the clarion call to repentance, right? And to be holy. To be in readiness all the time, constant readiness, as we have read from the book of Luke 12, right? 35 to 40. Is that true? And then I said, For us, we look forward to what this will yield because we know that the Lord has prepared an awesome reward for those who are faithful, for you that have endured patiently. Did you hear the word endurance? And you are the blackmail they abuse oh, I can't wait I can't wait after the defamation the blackmail the abuse the slander I really look forward out of here I look forward when Christ will come and reward those who have endured patiently those who have suffered his footprints don't you so much hmm? that's why for us it's different the awesome reward that He will give the faithful. Can we turn to the book of Second Timothy chapter 4? Are we ready? And look at the reward He promises. So, when you see the virus scourging the earth, right? Eating up the earth and bringing forth the fear of death, the terror of death. For you, you hope, you you ought to have hope. I mean, in a different place. Not on this earth. You ought to be attendant to another objective, another mission, another destination. For you, you hope to be, you, you need to be looking forward to the coming of the Lord. Because these are the obvious signs that were written in the Bible and prophesied by these two prophets. And so now, for me, I'm so glad because I know that some of you, I don't know, I, I know, many times I've told you that the Messiah, He is the Lord. Because I said, if I can suffer such ridicule and mockery and slander and blackmail and abuse, defamation and what and what and all these things, For simply raising cripples and opening blind eyes and preaching the gospel of righteousness and announcing the coming of the king, the Messiah. And feel that much pain for raising a dead body here. Another one sitting right here. So, how much more pain then did the Messiah go through? Because for him, he is the Lord. So don't you look forward for the reward to be given to those who are... to, to be given to those who are uh, 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 th- those who have endured patiently the abuse, the blackmail. Don't you really look forward to that? Oh yes. So can we look at the reward, the rewarding of the faithful, right? So verses seven to eight, the book of Second Timothy, chapter four. Are we ready? It says. I have fought the good fight I have finished the race I have kept the faith now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord the righteous judge will award to me on that day and not only me but also to all those who have longed for his appearing so we look forward to this crown this is a everlasting crown, right? When mortality and the temporary nature of this life will have come to an end. Hallelujah. And that's why I'm saying when you see all this death mortality going on, on the earth, for you, you ought to be having a different position now, as a church. That if all this is within the prophetic timeline of God as prophesied, bespeaking the coming of the bad dispensation and the coming of the Messiah in between the fourth seal here and the fifth seal, oh, then let me just prepare, because there is in store for me some reward, a crown, right? Yes, for me I look forward to greater things in heaven now. If life on this earth can be this nasty now, right? The book of Romans chapter 4, if you don't mind, real quick, still on that. Romans chapter four sixteen, it says the following... says therefore the promise comes by faith so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to Abraham's offsprings not only to those who who are of the law but also to those who have the faith of Abraham he is the father of us all so you see that so even the promise he promised Abraham is awaiting you. Out of the faith of Abraham, every promise in store of reward to the faithful will come to you. So when you look at the death and the dread and the terror, your position ought to be quite different. That I think the Messiah is coming. You should be telling people, I think the Messiah is coming. When they come to you, oh, have you seen the corona? I say, okay, it's all right to be careful. We wash our hands, wear masks, keep social distance, and all these things. However, don't forget the major objective, the instruction, the message coming out of there. That the Messiah is coming. And we look forward to a better kingdom. A better kingdom. The kingdom of God Almighty. You know that. So the promise of Abraham, as we saw, was in Genesis twelve, one to three. And so Genesis eleven verse thirty, let's see what he says. Genesis eleven thirty. We have so much we'll cut down on scripture. He says the following. Genesis eleven thirty. He says He promised Abraham in Genesis 12. Um, Genesis 12, 1, 3 says, Then the Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I'll make you into a great nation, and I'll bless you, and I'll bless your name. I'll make your name great, and you will be a blessing and I'll bless all those who bless you and whoever curses you I'll curse and all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you so he's talking about the the promise and the blessing of Abraham right the promise and the blessing of Abraham that he gave to Abraham and then now 11.30 here he says 11.30 Genesis 11.30 says I'll read it now Sarai was childless because she was not able to conceive. You see that now. So then he comes and promises, and it does not look possible in the human realm, right? And then Genesis fifteen four, stepwise, he says, then the word of the Lord came to him this man will not be your hair but a son your son who is your own flesh and blood will be your hair aye but in the physical it does not look right they were advanced and then is a Romans chapter 4 verses 20 to 21 I'm going to bring it to a close immediately. This part, as we go into the bigger, bigger part of this message now. Romans chapter 4, 2021. 20, Are you ready? It says the following Yet he did not waver unbelief regarding the promise of God but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. So so why am I reading all this for you? Because if he promised Abraham when things did not look like possible and you see stepwise he's saying he was not discouraged, right? He was not discouraged by circumstances He did not waver through unbelief. And He has promised you too. Isn't that true? If He promised Abraham, which I can read on until it is fulfilled, and He gave it to him, how much more you too, who are now descendants, who are now the fruit of this cross, the cross of Christ, Right? Let's read further a little bit before I get to the next one. And it says Isaiah 40 Isaiah chapter 40 29 to 30 He gives strength to the weary and not be faint. So, the circumstances are accruing now. The faith you have in the Lord should strengthen you, right? The church ought to have another position now. Because the Lord has made it abundantly clear. Look, it was a prophecy that this disease is coming. And number two, that man has no control over it. They say it may take 18 months to get a cure or what, no, faith in the Lord and your position should be that oh, all this was supposed to happen before the Messiah comes, I need to prepare for the kingdom, right I thought that was important for the church at this hour instead of being caught up so he's saying the reward that was promised, the way he gave Abraham the promise and he achieved, he fulfilled so will he fulfill yours too Those who are faithful and have endured, he calls it patience, tolerance, you've tolerated all this, and endurance, long enduring, right? And what have you endured? You have endured blackmail, slander, Satan's lies, Satan's schemes, mockery, Satan's temptations, rejection, Satan's abuses, just outright abuses of Satan. His ridicule and his terrible spiritual pollution all around you all the time. Right? Wherever you go, wherever you look, you see is trying to harass you, right? You that pursue righteousness. So, another very important point, for us we look forward at this time when all this is happening, we look forward to our redemption with great joy. Why? Because we know that when the time is ticking like this, and we have arrived at such a place when the Messiah's coming is near, the coming is near, then we know even the day when Satan will be punished is now near. Yeah. We want him to be punished for the abuses he committed on the earth. Right? For how he was so abusive, right? Oh yes. So for us, we are happy. We're saying, okay, we know that all this has to happen. There's no medication. There's nothing we can do. We can only do as we are told by government. Wash your hands. Do this. But it looks like there's no control. You may have talked with some. You know, it is asymptomatic. Meaning, it is shading. I, I read. I read an article that says, first of all, it was. Can we talk? Focus on me now. Can we just talk for a moment? In the beginning you had about the fourteen days, right? The fourteen days, when they said for fourteen days, even when it's asymptomatic, there are no symptoms, it is transmitting. People are transmitting. So how difficult that is? That just it, it, it disarms the human being, right? That you think somebody is normal, and he's transmitting it to you. And then number two, we had about the fourteen days incubation time or whatever it is right so now the quarantine is 14 days 14 days 14 but I read an article I don't know whether it was Johns Hopkins Hospital that said that actually they have done a study among those who have recovered uh, those who have uh, who have recovered after I don't know what group it was but after 14 days the virus continues continues shedding for 20 days more now that part was not accounted for People were released. But they are still transmitting. They are shedding. So, that, and there's no cure. So that tells you that we don't have much control over this except the Lord. Because the prophet was given by who is he who is talking here. So that can clearly tell you that at this time as a Christian, you simply need now to submit to the Lord fully. As you observe all the other things, of course, washing hands, wearing your gloves... Wearing your masks whenever you need to, and so forth, or wherever you need to. But it really places man at the mercy of God, the need for God. He needs the Lord, He needs His Creator. There's no cure, there's no medication for it, and you don't know who is going to give it to you. I mean, you may walk into that courtroom because you are a lawyer. To to present your case, and then somebody there has it. Or you may be a pilot or a captain of an aircraft, you walk in, someone has it. You may be a flight attendant serving somebody like this, putting a cup of coffee, they pass it to you. It's unbelievable. You may walk in the streets with people, sometimes full, together, and transmit. So that puts man at his place to be a creature, and God is their creator. So, you should now, the creature should worship the creator. Because at one point you thought that man needed, wanted to be worshipped, right? But now I think we need to go back and worship Jehovah, right? It disarms you with your sophistication, your first worldness, postmodernism, medical advancements, technology. are disarmed. High and lofty, right? Are we together? And so we look forward when Satan will be punished. So for us, that is a big one, right? And that's why when we see all this happening, we are happy because we know that his days are numbered. Yeah, because we are looking for the kingdom of the Messiah. When the Messiah will rule, will bring the kingdom of God. This is what this is all about, right? Hallelujah. So your position ought to be different. Can we read a little bit? The book of Habakkuk, chapter 1, verse 2. Habakkuk chapter 1 verse 2. Are we together? Habakkuk chapter 1 verse 2. And I need to get there and read it. call for help but you do not listen or cry out to you violence but you do not save why do you make me look at injustice why do you tolerate the wrongdoings destruction and violence are being laid before me and there is strife and conflict abounds. Therefore, the law is paralyzed, and justice never prevails. The wicked hem in the righteous, so that justice is perverted. How long, Lord, how long, O Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Do you understand? So, he's saying here that when you look at the injustices of the devil, how the devil has tried to abuse the church oh you can't help but wait for the day when Satan will be bound I think that day you people uh, will hopefully you not be here the, the angel comes to bind him it needs to be in a stadium somewhere it, ha- it needs to be in a stadium for everybody to see him being bound being tied and crying please mercy mercy say no don't allow him <laughs> to be bound and thrown into the pits of hell so for us we long for a time when he will be removed from the sin and stop disturbing God's people we look for the kingdom of the Messiah because for a long time we cry Lord how come you don't see that the, 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 those who defame you those who contempt, show contempt against your name they hurt us the blackmail they show against your name hurts us it is us that are getting hurt we feel we are the ones being abused some of us it has been direct hit right direct hit and so for us when we see these things coming however painful it is however much the coronavirus is doing what in Italy doing what in Denmark doing what in which country all over the world, China in South Korea, however we look forward to some great things ahead here because it's a sign that soon Satan is going to be struck and thrown out and we look forward to that for us we've been waiting, now it's coming, this tells us it's coming, hallelujah because he has passed the church through abuses and he has committed some sins uh, against humanity, right? The book of Psalms 13, are you there? Is somebody ready to read the Bible? So, I'm simply giving you this before we begin the main message of now the other seals that enter deeper into the great tribulation. But at this point, I thought it's important to refresh you and let you know however terrible it may be looking for you, the blessed hope. Yeah. Because if you die today, Sometimes you can die from a crash, an accident. A mortal accident. But you just go to heaven. Yeah, you died righteous. You died ready. You died prepared. So our outlook is different. Hallelujah. We, we look at this and we look at the Bible and we look at the prophet that prophesied it and it' uh our deliverance is nearer. Let us just persevere. Let us prepare. Let us get ready. Again, the book of Psalms, blessed people. Now, Psalms 13. Psalm 13. Says the following. Now Psalm thirty one to six. I'm reading on Psalm thirteen one to six. He says, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts? and, And day after day, have sorrow in my heart. How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me, Lord, with mercy and answer me, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes. Or oh, I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him. And my foes will rejoice when I fall. How long, O oh Lord? It says, But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. So, this is the cry, the groaning that's going on in the hearts of the Christians the holy Christians the righteous Christians you know that I myself who is speaking here the persecution has been unbelievable only that is different for me I'm cushioned by the Lord that's why I was not aware I'm moving on if you had paid attention to, to blackmail no creeper would have walked the cloud would not have come hallelujah yeah because the, the calling is different but I'm saying still the dots the arrows are coming through so the entire church it has been very hostile for the born again believer on this earth in the marketplace at home or wherever right And so the great anticipation for the deliverers, when your Savior will come for you, when your King comes to take you, right? Hallelujah. And so he's saying, don't pay attention to these things. God is faithful, He's coming. You know, for us here it has been different because we we are focused on the mission, the Messiah must come, so there's a greater focus. Sometimes we don't see left or right. It's different, really. It would be unfair to compare this with the average Christian, right? Because for us, you call God and He comes in the cloud. Once you get this kind of approval, which more human approval would you need? You understand? So it's different, really. But I'm saying that we are living in a place that's not home. So persecution continues, right? And so we are longing for the day when the Messiah comes to reward you and to strike the serpent right to strike him because he has done some serious abuses, broken marriages done things, right made your children smoke, opium and what have you right isn't it true and the list is endless but for us we look forward to his coming so we look forward to when Christ will be rewarded yeah the great work he did to re- deliver all of you, all humanity, right? It's been a long time in coming. So when we see what's happened in the coronavirus, we say, okay, it's terrible, it's really terrible. But he came out of a prophecy because of the situation on the earth, the heedlessness of, heedlessness of the nations. They did not listen. However, it's part of the timeline of God that tells us our redemption is near. And so all those things that come with the redemption of the church. The rewarding of the faithful church. The faithful Christians. The rewarding of Christ Jesus the Messiah for what He did on the cross. Wouldn't you want Him to be rewarded? Very much. And we've waited so long so it's near now. And He's saying, the redemption of Israel... We've been longing for when Israel will be redeemed. God's covenant people, right? And for the punishment of Satan, the day he will be arrested um, You know, you fall and push him. Eh? As, as the angel has arrested him, you fall and push him. People people, H1 pointing at him say, Where were you? It's you. It abuses. You understand? But now, Removing him from the sin. So that we may have the millennium of peace and the kingdom of God, right? Hallelujah. So, Christ deserves to be rewarded. So, if this is a sign that the Messiah is coming and the rewarding of the Messiah is near, then that is powerful. Why? Because he was humiliated on the cross, he was born in poverty, total poverty, raised in poverty always escaped from killers who wanted to push him off the cliff in Nazareth some of them wanted to stone him he was always rejected he was despised, he was persecuted he was mocked, he was ridiculed he was blackmailed, he was deserted and finally nailed on the cross and buried on a borrowed grave nothing worked well with him wouldn't you want him to be rewarded? very much even buried in a borrowed grave, and he resurrected. So for us, it's different, right? Totally different. Is that not true? Mm-hmm. And the redemption of Israel, Romans chapter 11, right? When all Israel will be saved. You can read Romans 11, 25 to 32. In Revelation chapter 12, verse 1 to 17, even when they flee and they go to a place prepared for them, right? The great tribulation, repentance, revival, and salvation of Christ coming to Israel. Can I read Isaiah chapter 60, verse 2? As we finish with this segment, blessed people, then I begin a very powerful part now to enter into the great tribulation that you may have another reason again to prepare now to enter that this coronavirus you see, should be a sign to you to be ready all the time in righteousness and holiness born again properly, right? Hallelujah So Isaiah which chapter did I say? 60, verse what? Okay, I will open it here Isaiah 60, verse 2. It says, Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Ay! Isn't that powerful when the glory of Zion finally will come up? Aren't we looking forward to that? The glory of Zion. Let me read it again. He says, nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Verse 7 he says, All Kedar's all Kedar's flocks will be gathered to you. The rams of Nabayoth will serve you. They will be accepted as Offerings on my altar, and I will adorn my glorious temple. He's saying he restores sacrifice and worship. Would, are you not looking forward to that day when Israel will now join you to worship Jehovah, right? To worship Jesus, to accept the Messiah, right? Mm-hmm. As Messiah and again, the Messiah. And so that's why for you. Your stance and your position should be very different on this matter of the coronavirus. Of course, you take care, you be very careful as required, but for us, it speaks about redemption is near, right? And so I want to stepwise begin to talk about the great tribulation, and that is where you'll meet, you'll find that the seven seals are related to seven trumpets, you'll find also seven balls, you'll find seven thunders. I want to start handling that, because we don't have another meeting. Hallelujah. Then you will find what I said earlier, that the first seal to the sixth, they simply prepare the earth for the seventh seal, which is the judgment of God. Why? If all this is just preparing the earth, how terrible then is the judgment of God, right? And when the judgment of God takes place, when the seventh trumpet will sound, then you will see that the door to the temple open. That temple where the Lord took me and showed me that glorious pillar. Then you will see the door open. And you will see now seven angels, other angels now with seven bowels, which each holding a bowl. All these deal with the wrath of God. And you will see then more and more clearer the type of judgments going on. Hallelujah. so this is a very powerful don't think the tribulation is a joke that should bring out a very clarion call a clear message that please stay out of the tribulation yeah, just be born again properly and fear God, treasure salvation can I start walking bit by bit I just want to have a summary run run through, right because I've already showed you that conversation when the antichrist is devouring the fish, right? And the big fight that ensues. Remember, he is not killed or hurt, but he escaped to the other end, right? And all that. So let's just have a rundown, a general rundown, an introduction into the Great Tribulation for you. So the book of Luke. First of all, we start with Matthew 24. Are you ready? Matthew 24, stepwise. I know we'll take a short break shortly. Aye, it's already eight o'clock. Matthew 24. Can we try to push a little longer? Yes, I I know that my feet so will rest a bit. Short break, but we come back and continue, so that tomorrow we can finish the whole thing up to the seventh trumpet. Seventh trumpet, right? Matthew 24. verses 15 to 21 he says so when you see standing in the holy place the abomination that causes desolation spoken of through the prophet Daniel let the reader understand he is calling for understanding right let the reader understand Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let no one on the housetop or rooftops go down to take anything out of the house. Let no one in the field go back to get their clock. Verse 19 How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. Pray that your flight will not take place in the winter or on Shabbat. For then there will be a great distress unequaled from the beginning of the world until now, never to be equaled again. Okay, the other version say the great tribulation. For then there will be great tribulation which is our focus now. Because great distress. In any case, it's the time of great distress, right? That is coming. So th- this is very serious, blessed people. He's talking about the great tribulation, and he's saying that is a time unequal to any other time. You cannot equal it to any other period, any other time since the creation of the nations. And I said that we've seen some terrible times on the earth, right? Like during the Holocaust of the Jewish people in Europe, right? The Rwanda genocide, the bloodbaths all over ISIS, what, everything, Al-Qaeda, the slaughters, the massacres, the judgment of Sodom and Gomorrah, the judgment of the days of Noah. But he says it will be unequaled from when the nations were born, were created. Through that time, so all of the above cannot be used to meter to measure the distress of the great tribulation. So that must be a very terrible time, right? Be, be very beyond comprehension, right? And the same thing you see when Jesus was approaching Jerusalem in the book of Luke, chapter 19, verses 41 44 and he looked at the city and then he wept over her why? because he saw on the day she was brought down she looked at her and saw the great tribulation she saw how the armies surrounded her from all sides and brought down everything together with everybody inside the wall, inside the perimeter world then he cried for them he wept for the city Luke 21, stepwise, we will take a short break in a moment. Luke 21, blessed people, just simply describing for now, and then I will open up something for you, even more chronological, right? Luke 21, verse 20, it says, When you see Jerusalem being surrounded by armies, you will know that its desolation is near. Let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let those in the city go out. And let those in the country not enter the city. For this is the time of punishment in fulfillment of all that has been written. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. Again, because they cannot flee. They are not able to run fast enough, right? He's talking about the Hebrew people He's talking about Jerusalem During the great tribulation And then In the book of Jeremiah 30 He says However It was consigned to the house of Jacob Not the church That it is called Jacob's trouble Jacob's troubles His trouble Maximum trouble Revelation chapter 12, still introducing it to you before we begin, blessed people. Stepwise as usual. Because now for you, you have seen why you long for Christ to come, right? Because you know that you go into the kingdom of peace, right? Kingdom of glory. And number two, you know that in that redemption, you will be rewarded the crown of righteousness and faithfulness. Number three, you know that that's the time when Israel too will be redeemed. You will be happy to see God's ancient people redeemed. The Messiah came from them. Number four, we know that that's the time when Christ Jesus himself in a big ceremony in heaven, we are holding palm leaves in front of all the angels, will be rewarded for the great work. He did on the cross, please, the suffering, the abuse. He was blackmailed unto the cross. Even the, the thug tried to, uh, to, to to assault him, to abuse him on the cross. When they're both, they're all hanging there, right? Undermining. And for us, we know that's the time when Satan will receive his punishment. So we, we see the coronavirus in a different perspective. I know it's very hurtful, there's so much grieving and pain and death and barriers and everything and fear and terror but for us we know that it falls within the prophetic timeline of God it was prophesied, so actually it bespeaks the coming of the Messiah so we look for the coming of the Messiah then, right? because for a long time there were generations that longed to live on the age this age, on the verge and they, were, they did not hallelujah Revelation chapter 12 I said verses 13-17 it says when the dragon saw that he had been hurled to the earth he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child the woman was given the two wings of the great eagle remember the eagle that carried them from Egypt does anybody remember that eagle does anybody remember the eagle that carried them from Egypt Has come to carry somebody you see from the picture here on top of the tent. You remember, I saw the stairs, and heaven opened the stairs were right from this cloud in that January fifteenth, two thousand and seventeen. Visitation showing me the rapture of the church. Look, the stairs were opening into the cloud, the cloud opened the door. And remember, I've given greater detail that he is enveloped inside the cloud okay? but the cloud leads you to the kingdom of God right so he says here very clearly the woman was given the two wings of the great eagle so that she might fly to the place prepared for her in the wilderness where she would be taken care of for a time, times and half a time out of the reach of the serpent So, so you see it is so bad. Israel has to flee. They have to run away. And I've seen this flee. I've described it severally to you people. And so, when you look at Zechariah chapter 4, this, this is just a preamble for the message that we're beginning on the Great Tribulation. You'll see as we run down the seals, move to the fifth and sixth seal, in fact, fifth, the, 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 the fourth seal, then the fifth now, sixth and seventh. And when you get to the seventh seal, that's now where the judgment is. But, but you'll see that within that judgment of, that cascades, with a trumpet from... you'll see, I have it here, that cascades from the breaking of the seventh seal, the tremendous seven trumpets. As you're going through them, then you will meet now the role of the two prophets in the book of Revelation chapter 11, right? So that that is the outline, the little outline for this, right? And then finally, remember the bottom line is the coming of the kingdom of God. When the earth has been purged, sin is purged of the earth, right? All this is in the process of repossessing the earth. How complex. But anyhow, Zechariah chapter 4, 1 to 3. And then we'll take a short break. I'll read two Zechariahs. Then we'll take a short break. Then I can delve into... The great tribulation for you, blessed people. Zechariah chapter 4, I read 1 to 3, says, Then the angel who talked with me returned and woke me up like someone awakened from sleep. He asked me, What do you see? I answered him, I see a solid gold lampstand with a bowl at the top and seven lamps on it, with seven channels to the lamp. Also, there are two olive trees by it, one on his right, the right of the bowl, and the other on the left. And then Zechariah chapter 4 11 to 14, he says, Then I asked the angel, What are these two olive trees on the right and on the left of the lampstand? Again I asked him, What are these two olive branches besides the two gold pipes that pour out golden oil? He replied, Do you not know what these are? No, my Lord, I said. So he said, These are the two who are anointed to serve the Lord of all the earth. So they will come into the picture, like I said, as we begin to run down the trumpets, through the trumpets, trumpet one up to seven, after the breaking of the seventh seal. Remember I said seals one, two, three, four, five, six, which we are going to see, we're now going to see six They prepare For seal seven And when seal seven is broken That's when now the wrath of God Breaks open The judgment of God is unleashed onto the earth We are going to see all that today And all this has one purpose The purpose is to dissuade you From entering the great tribulation That you may prepare For the kingdom of God now Hallelujah To remove you from complacency To let you understand things will not be the same anyhow. So you'd rather just prepare for the kingdom of God, right? They'll not be the same. Because you might be saying, Oh, we just want the coronavirus to end, so we go back to the way we used to be. No. No, it's not going to be easy. And so, this is a very interesting time right now in the history of the church so we're going to look at uh, the great tribulation blessed people uh, the book of john sixteen thirty three as we wind down the introduction john sixteen thirty three is the following I read 32 I'm beginning 32 a time is coming and in fact has come when you will be skirted each to your own home you will leave me all alone yet I am not alone for my father is with me I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. In other words, you will never have peace. But take heart, I have overcome the world. In this world you will have much trouble as you see raining now, right? If this is his way of seeking the attention, summoning the souls, the attention of men, then that's a very powerful way and very shocking one, right? Hallelujah. So, we are talking about the period between Bethlehem and the rapture. Is that not where we are? When He came to redeem the church. So, that's where we are. This is the interlude we are discussing. Between when He came in those swaddling clothes, in the manger, placed in the manger, and the rapture. That's where we are talking now. And we want to know how ought the church to behave now. Because beyond the rapture is now what we are going to handle. And he says, the great tribulation, like we've said, after the rapture takes place, then is revealed, the man of lawlessness. It will be a time of the false messiah, full of deception, This is just a summary rundown for you, introduction, full of false apostles, false prophets. As you see them today, they will still be working. Spiritual deception, spiritual falsehood, and global war. There will be lots of natural disasters like earthquakes, tsunamis, fires, and neutron star collisions. And global phenomena. Kisi is waiting. Can you write for them, please? Write for Kisi because they are listening now and they're wondering why their bishop has come all the way to Nairobi as a privilege. And he's not writing because their the bishop might make them go to hell. Every bishop you see is writing so much for his people that he may go warn them. And Kisi is not writing. I said spiritual falsehood, spiritual deception, false apostles that you see reigning today, the forerunners of the Antichrist, false prophets, false Messiah is going to be in that dispensation. Global war will take place. Natural disasters, tsunamis, fires, neutron star collisions, earthquakes, floods, what have you. Distress out of persecution will be big they will persecute the Jews and then they will persecute the Gentiles too and he's saying it will be a time of escalated judgment of God if you read Daniel chapter 12 in our introduction today let's finish the introduction take a break and then come back Daniel chapter 12 verse 1 hallelujah Daniel chapter 12 verse 1 it says at that time Michael the great prince who protects your people will arise there will be a time of distress such as has not happened from the beginning of nations until then but at that time, your people, everyone whose name is found written in the book, will be delivered. And then after that, he describes multitude that get up from the soil. So he's saying, a distress like never seen before. In other words, Sodom and Gomorrah is nothing, right? Noah's floods is nothing. Hitler's holocaust is nothing. Rwanda's genocide is nothing. ISIS is nothing. Al-Qaeda is nothing. Boko Haram is nothing al-Shabaab is nothing all these killings Mexico drug gangs Sinaloa cartels and what have you that's all nothing compared to that and it says God's wrath will be unleashed at that time also there will be some revival 144,000 will be preaching the gospel then an angel from heaven will also come and shout will make an announcement up here So the seven seals are broken followed by the seven trumpet blasts all those are intensifying pain and suffering intensification of pain and judgment and suffering so when we come back I want to look at now the great tribulation proper and what happens in there may the Lord bless you, thank you